Hi, this is Dave from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. Radio sweetheart, on the airways, it's the sound of young America. Welcome to The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. This week on the show, the authors of Holy Headshot, a celebration of America's undiscovered talent. Now, we did not want to share this interview with you without you being able to see the headshots in the book. So this is our first ever enhanced podcast. If you're using an iPod, and unfortunately only if you're using an iPod, you'll be able to see the photographs that we're talking about on your iPod screen as they come up. We're also going to try and post some of them on our website, and you can get an MP3 version of the show there. That said, enjoy. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. My guests on the program are Patrick Borelli and Douglas Gorenstein. They've created Holy Headshot, a celebration of America's undiscovered talent. It is a compilation of quite a number of the most um, spectacular actor's headshots you've ever seen in your entire life, um, ranging from people who are a little too old to be in swimwear uh, to, to people to people in uh, an almost astonishing variety of different character modes, uh, to people in an almost astonishing lack of variety of character modes um, in headshots where there are multiple pictures of them. Um, uh, to many, many other bizarre and amazing things, including, as I flip through the book, uh, a woman who, for some reason, is sitting on a toilet on a beach while smiling uh, in a sincerely friendly way, in a sincerely pleasant smile. Um, gentlemen, welcome to The Sound of Young America. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us today. So tell me, uh, Douglas, you're actually a photographer. Um was the was this born out of professional jealousy of some kind this project <laughs> I, I wish i could say i was i was that jealous but uh it was born out of uh inspiration uh from patrick actually uh we were playing street hockey together and patrick was using an old worn out headshot and finally decided that he needed new ones and wait now this is a street hockey headshot I wish actually it would have been better. <laughs> Not the, the the one Doug took of me looks great, but I, you know, my true essence is that of a, someone who likes to play street hockey, okay. a scrapper, a skinny guy who likes to you know fight on the streets. And uh, but anyway, so, so uh, Doug was taking my headshot because I'm a stand up comic, and I had this headshot I had taken in Boston in 1998, and it was just incredibly old. I had a lot more hair on my head, and I was younger. And uh, I like how you looked up when I said that. That's what, if if you talk about a part of your body, people watch people's eyes because they'll move there. <laughs> so I had a um, a massive chest back in 1998. Why are you looking at uh, my chest? Ahuga. Oh, my my. <laughs> that eyes, was my cue to say a hooga, right? Jesse, my eyes are okay, up here. Sorry, uh, but anyways, uh, so Doug took my headshot, and while we were doing it, um, you know, I, I I had this idea for the book for a couple of years, and I said, you know, he, this is the perfect guy to suggest it to. 
And so I said, I had this idea for like a collection of offbeat, weird headshots. And do you think that would work? And you know, he was like, yeah, I think it would. Uh, but I was really worried about the permission. I thought that's really the, the hard part of putting it together. I, I thought it was a brilliant idea, but I, I thought, okay, if someone approached me about putting a headshot in, in a book, would I sign a release on it? And uh, you know, I'm, I might not. So I thought, how are we going to put together an entire book of actors' headshots when you would have to get permission from the actors and the photographers? So we came up with the idea that we would actually shoot fake headshots and so we, we ended up taking that idea um, along with um, uh, the idea of getting real headshots to, to our agent. And um, he looked at the, the fake headshots we had done and he said, well, you know, they're, they're humorous, but you can kind of tell they're not real. You know? um, so we set about trying to get the actual real ones and started having success with it, um, more success than we, we had originally anticipated. Yeah, he had said, you know, take 20 of your favorites, try to get permission, and if you have a high enough success rate... You know, we have a book. So I think we took 18 or 19 of them. We got permission pretty, you know, fairly easy. So what were, what was the first headshot you, that you remember really distinctly being like Eureka? Um, I think it was, was it Pete Trainer? It was, we Pete, got? it was Pete Trainer. the great at, Pete Trainer. He's this guy on the cover with the handguns. He's <laughs> holding, he's holding guns across his chest, crisscrossing across his chest. And his taglines are cocked, locked and ready to rock. Which it says on the lower right hand of the, uh, right, right there on the right there on the headshot, which is unusual to put a motto on the headshot. And then it says there's three of them, and then the, the second one is I am always ready for what does it say? I'm always for action. For action. And then it says uh, have passport will travel. See the the second line I am always ready for action. Um, you know, implies that he's always ready for action and cock locked and ready to rock. They're kind of the same. You don't need to list right. both of them. Right. And if you have a passport, we assume that you will travel. So you can just say, I have a passport. Right. No, if someone cast him for a commercial in Ireland and they said, it's, I see that you have a passport. And he says, well, yeah, but I won't travel. Right. Well, then that's, you know, he needs I, to list that more than I, I think that might, might connect to the fact, again, the casting directors don't have ima- imagination. So you need to really spell it out. You know, I yeah. will travel. Now yes. he, he has this, he has a very striking, uh, he has a very striking primary photograph. The one that you just described where he's, uh, apparently got his elbows on a table that has a hand grenade on it. He's got guns in each hand. He's showing off all of these tattoos. Um, he also has a series of sort of sub photographs. One of them pictures him, uh, in a search and rescue situation. Yes. Um, one of them pictures him apparently participating in some sort of occult ritual. And I'm there's one here that I am... It's difficult for me to distinguish precisely what he's doing. It appears to be some sort of medical activity with... Uh, uh, but he's untied his necktie, which suggests to me that perhaps it's some sort of rogue medical activity. I think he just got off work. I think he's an EMT who just got off work and is taking out some of his uh, frustrations um, on someone that he just ran across. Specifically by, it looks like, cutting off someone's finger. Yeah, he is. He's, but he's looking at us to let us know, you know, look, I'm going to take this guy's finger off. And I'm doing it for you. Right. Well, it's, you know, I mean, and, and he's also got glasses on to show I'm a little bit of an intellectual, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not just about um, it's not just about the fact that he's a murderer. He's also <laughs> he's also, you know, he's done his residency, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. You know what I mean? There's an intellect. 
Sure. And and Pete's very thorough. If you look at the hand grenade, you might notice in, at the bottom of it that his name is actually on the hand grenade. Oh, wow. Do you, does it say that on his resume that he supplies his own hand grenades? No, but, well, he does say that uh, he has a bunch of land that he will use for a photo shoot or... What does it say exactly? It, it says that he's, he's uh, you know, he's has uh, technical, uh, he's been an advisor for weapons handling and tactics. Uh, this includes uh, firearm rental for the theater and films, and he can provide heavily wooded land with stream and land rights for film productions. Wow. Now that's something. That's a man who's willing to stand <laughs> the, behind. The last line is the best. I have many pistols, rifles, and exotic weapons to be used as props for film and theater productions, and what he doesn't state is that he could also use them on you, which is, <laughs> but you know, I was, you, I called him when we were getting permission and I was afraid because I thought, you know, I don't want him to think that, uh, we're, you're mocking him. Yeah. And he was, he was a sweetheart. He was really gentle and nice. And like, he was just full of, you know, joy that we had selected him. He was like, Oh, thanks guys. You don't, this means so much to me. And He's he was great. We didn't actually get a chance to meet him at our New York show. He was he was a actual he was a, working as a personal bodyguard that week for someone, which was great. There's there's also people uh, in this book who whose headshots convey an almost astonishing level of the uh, the very opposite quality that sweetness that you mentioned. One of my favorites is Sybil Presley, the Tennessee stress buster. Um, that's her nickname, I presume, based on the fact that that's underneath her name in quotes. Um, how did you come upon Sybil? Sybil was someone we found off the internet and, um, I was just doing a Google search for, um, for fun headshots and her headshot popped up and I thought, well, there you go. She's, she's down in Tennessee. Yeah. And I, it, she's wearing a sort of a magenta, um, hat circular hat with tat with black tassels that are hanging down and there's a sort of a burnt romanesque medallion right in the center um i don't think i described that well and she has curly brown hair she's maybe in her mid to late 40s she's got on a, a thick striped colorful glasses you've got a beautiful like beautiful smile full of it's like a thousand glow sticks were snapped and they just they just lit up like inside of her and she's wearing a um sort of a purplish uh vest with a uh, on the left side there's a uh, sunflower lapel um she's she's just smiling she's got the sweetest smile the and sunflower also has a smiley face on it let that be known yes and that 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 shot was actually taken in olin mills true that's where we had to get the release from um so you know you don't necessarily have to hire a, a you know a well-known professional headshot photographer you can go someplace locally nowadays and, and get something equally as good uh, let's talk about another really talented guy that, that I liked a lot. This is Father Hannibal D. Bay. Um, he, he is photographed here. Um, uh, he looks like a small person, but I think that might just be the the effect of his pantaloons. Um, <laughs> he's he's wearing a sort of, uh, what would you say, like a courtly pimp pirate sort of outfit in black with it with a yellow shirt yeah sort of meet, like neo from the matrix, uh, matrix. oh yeah I say absolutely matrix? neo yeah. from the matrix that's yeah. a very in, good in fact his outgoing message on his answering machine is from the matrix oh i see now now hannibal the father excuse me hannibal d bay um who 
to be clear, performs under the name Grandmaster Priest Faustus um, because the, the regular name is um, Lackluster, uh, <laughs> is, is primarily a dancer. Um, one of the things I like about this photograph is that it captures his, uh, the excitement of his, of his dances. Yeah, so you can see basically how he dances because he's doing it and he's just looking right at you and he's got his arms out and he's doing these very kind of precise moves with his elbows and fingers. His and fingers, he's making a sort of a, a very pointed okay sign, you might say. Exactly. And he'll, he'll dance anywhere. I mean, he's, he's clearly, I think it looks like a diner behind him. And, you know, he'll, he'll just break into dancing at any moment. So he's always ready to go. He's kind of like Pete Trainer. He's, you know, he's, he's cock-locked and ready to dance. What I love about his resume is he has a, a few quotes from famous hip-hop people or breakdancers. And the bottom one is from Timothy Poppin' Pete Solomon, co-founder of Electric Boogaloo Dance and movie star fame Breaking. And the quote is, people try to hate on Priest. They don't know Priest is the truth. Which I love that. Because it, it just... Uh, it says, what it says to me is that uh, Grandmaster Priest Faustus is ready to shake them off. Yeah. If there's any, if there's any, for example, hateration in the dancery, That's right. uh, he would be, you know. He brushes them off. Exactly. Just as would, as would Mary J. Blige. She would, yeah. yeah. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. We'll have more with the authors of Holy Headshot, a celebration of America's undiscovered talent, in just a minute. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. If you want a taste of the lighter side of MaximumFun.org, try searching for Jordan Jesse Go in iTunes or visiting our blog and clicking on Jordan Jesse Go. It's an irreverent talk show for children of all ages, except for children. And it's absolutely free via podcast from MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Patrick Borelli and Douglas Gorenstein. They're the authors of Holy Headshot, a celebration of America's undiscovered talent. You guys displayed a special fondness for a guy named Ludovicos Hertz. Yes. Um, Ludovicos Hertz is a, a really remarkable guy, and he also has a very interesting sort of um, narrative-style resume. Um, tell me a little bit about, about how you found Ludovicos. Uh, Ludov- he actually found us. We put a posting on Backstage LA in New York, and uh, he found the listing on the Internet and uh, mailed. I you know, went to the P.O. box and got this letter from Greece opened it up and there were these photos of him uh, that you see here in the headshot and um, these casual photos of him in a, a, a red tank top and a black tank top and then he's got this white shirt up top where it's kind of loose and open. It's a trendy shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like a an slightly more asexual Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love on the upper left of the headshot, it's on uh, page 210, there's a little peekaboo shot of him bursting through with a big big sweet grin it's great um so the other three you'd categorize maybe as steamy or brooding uh i think it's he's he's accessibly uh brooding mm-hmm. like a warm sort of brooding he's like an pr- engaging he's, brooding he's brooding but you can get in there absolutely well yeah. you know I, I i was i was interested to read about his work 
um, his acting work. He originally had studied a, a, as a model, uh, according to this, when he was when he was given his first secondary role in a science fiction, The Dragons of Eden. Um, it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> the, ultimately. I think it's interesting that he wants to he wants to get out of the Greek acting system, which he doesn't care for, as far as I can tell. No, and I, I think there's some scars there. He he grew up as a child actor, and he was in uh, a number of, of, of films. What what were they called, Patrick? We asked him when he came into into a, a studio in New York when we recorded him, and he said, uh, "Well, I don't know the dramas, the, the child dramas. What when we're like? What do you mean by child dramas?" And he said, "Like, oh, I don't, mommy, why don't I have any shoes? And <laughs> mommy, why do those things that the other children have on their feet? And mommy, <laughs> why you work all day? And when am I going to get a pair of shoes?" It was all about shoes and how he didn't have them. And I was like, "Really? Are those is that a known genre in it's Greek? A, it's a cultural <laughs> thing that we don't understand." <laughs> I didn't quite get it. Um, he, he says he worked in melodramas, B-movies, secondary <laughs> roles, and comedies in Greece without taste, which I'm looking <laughs> for sharp set. Now, I, I'm trying to parse that. I'm not, in, I'm not perfectly capable. I don't speak Greek. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing he just found, he found the Greek cinema system as a whole distasteful. He's very angry about it. Something something went terribly wrong, and I think like with most child stars, he he couldn't quite keep that um, that that youth that the cuteness that he had when he was you know seven, and uh, and he he lost his uh, he lost his stardom. Um, so you know he he carries with him um, sort of that that quality that Gary Coleman has, which is uh, mm-hmm. you know he's he's a bit precocious and smiling on the outside, but at the same time there's there's you know a, a lot of uh, a lot of passionate anger on, on the inside, which makes him, you know, more interesting now. But we found him so funny when we had him in New York that we asked him to co-host the, the show with us in New York, and he was just incredibly funny. And I think it was one of the first moments he's had in recent memory that were with performing where he was very successful. People thought he was very funny, um, and so then he just obsessively started calling us. And emailing and, and, you know, the three of us are going to the top and we are all going to do it together. And, you know, it's like, what are you talking about? We hosted a show for an hour in New York together. Like, we're not going anywhere. It, it was what it was, you know. But he's uh, now he's kind of, you know, reluctantly moving back to Greece. I think well, this week. His, his parents are American, so, uh, you know, he does have the right to come back and forth. But it was very touching to talk to him the next day when he, he said that, you know, I, I called my mama the next day and I told her they loved me. They loved me. And you could see how much it meant to him to, to be on the stage and to actually be recognized in a, in a positive way because I think he's been struggling for a long time. Um, and one of the things we're, we're really hoping will happen for the actors in the book is that they'll be given opportunities that they might not ordinary, ordinarily have. Um, there's a couple of, of people who I think have actually been contacted by representation already, which you know is really remarkable just yeah. from, from being in the book. You, you've actually included um, here, we should mention, both contact information for all the photographers and all the actors, e- even, he- even emails that you've created for each of the actors. Was it really important to you to uh, make sure that this was a positive experience for the people who were included? It, yeah, it really was. We, we didn't want people to feel like we were, we were dumping on them. Like, as we've gotten to know the actors in the book, we, we've really become their biggest fans. And we wanted to keep them safe, so we didn't want to list their, their phone numbers um, where, you know, some kid in Nebraska could call up and make phony phone calls. 
So we created these Gmail addresses for, for each of the actors in the book so people can contact them, they can manage it in, in a safe way. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be on The Sound of Young America. It was really fun to have you. Thanks for having us. It's terrific. Thank you. I hope that despite the fact that you're not going anywhere, self-admitted, um, that the book will be a success for you. Um, Patrick Borelli and Douglas Gorenstein are the authors of Holy Headshot, a celebration of America's undiscovered talent. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with help from myself. Interstitial music provided by Dan Wally. This week's program edited in part by Nick White. We want to offer our special thanks to Adam Lissagor of the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful podcast, You Look Nice Today, for helping us enhance this enhanced podcast. I guess that's about everything we have to say. We'll see you online at Maximum fun.org and next time right here on the sound of young america happy holidays